0: Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. We'd love for you to subscribe, give us a five rating on the podcast, and of course, share it with a friend. We really appreciate that. And as always, we start with a quote of the day. Today's quote is by Axe uh, Dwey, and it is, Healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. Today, we have a special treat. I have a guest. Her name is Stephanie McAuliffe, and she is a healer and guide and the founder of Reclaiming Yourself. She's the international best-selling author of The Message in a Bottle, Finding Hope and Peace, amidst the chaos of living with an alcoholic. After leaving a 27-year career on Wall Street, her mission now is to inspire women to step onto their own path to heal body, mind, and spirit, and live their lives with a vision from their hearts. She's an avid cyclist, nature enthusiast, and lover of art and live music. I think we'll have a lot to talk about today. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Heather. It is awesome to be here with you today. Did I pronounce your last name right? Perfectly. Oh, wonderful. Okay. (laughs) That was the part I was worried about. From here on out, we're going to be golden, I'm sure. Yes. Now, we do, though, have some pretty um, deep things to talk about today, and I'm going to just dive right into it. There's a lot of talk today about trauma. So how do you define trauma and what like, what does it mean for you when we're discussing it?
1: We have all experienced trauma in our lives and whether it's bullying or abuse or people talking down to us. When I think of trauma, though, I think of it more as when we internalize and aren't able to express what it is that we're feeling that is really the traumatic act
0: because what we do with it. yes I get that yeah. okay yeah go ahead
1: I was going to say because if we can say something to the other person or do something about it we can usually resolve what it is that's happened but when we're not able to come to that resolution that's when We hold on to the pain of whatever it is that's happened to us.
0: Mm. And that pain stays with us and manifests in different ways, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does, through illness and how we act out in our life. And there's the phrase of hurt people hurt people. Yes. And it's so
0: true. Yeah, it really is. And it's one of the reasons why I'm um, so fond of of that quote getting people to understand that everybody is living their own battle and that we have to be kind and understand that we don't know what it is, right? I totally butchered it, but that's, that's the <laughs>
1: overriding theme of it. <laughs> well, it, it is. And when we can have compassion for the other person and realize that what they're doing really is speaking about their own pain we can look at them from a totally different lens.
0: And that's often the biggest thing is being able to, to move outside of our own perspective so that we can have that compassion. Now, when it comes to this trauma and everybody um, having some of that themselves, like how did we as a society get to this place and, and like, what do we do with it? How do we heal it?
1: we need to create a new paradigm where we can actually talk openly about what's going on. Going back to the, the generation that fought World War I, we have been taught generation over generation to not speak up and talk about what's going on. Now, part of that generation from World War I, which was uh, known as the silent generation, they, saw, they went to war with great ideas and ideals of why they were fighting and they saw such atrocities that they came back and didn't want to speak about it. But then we have the folks that went through the Depression and then World War II and then the McCarthy era. And so when we grow up in a household that doesn't talk about what's really going on, that's exactly what it is that we're taught, and we continue to perpetuate that in our life.
0: Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah. yeah,
1: and feelings are messy and challenging. And when, when we're not taught to be able to process our own, it becomes very challenging sometimes to be able to hold
0: space for somebody else. Oh my gosh, this is really, this is touching me because I grew up in a home where I heard you should be seen and not heard. And Mm -hmm. I've always, I I think that's why I'm a speaker is I wanted to have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So keep going. So what's the most important thing that we can do? Come back to trusting ourselves. Because when we
1: are told to get over it and children should be seen and not heard and suck it up and it's not that big of a deal, whoever is saying that to us, especially when we hear that as a young child, when our brains aren't fully developed, we internalize that lack of worth, that what I'm saying isn't worthy, that my hurts aren't important, that my voice should be silenced we lose trust within ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can only trust people as much as we trust ourselves and so it's really coming back to hey you know what i did feel that now i can't change it but i can change how i think about it moving forward and as we begin to trust ourselves more that's when we realize the impact that some of these stories have had on us, and how much we've really internalized them.
0: The, yeah, this is this is so important. Uh, I know even when I'm um, helping people with business-related issues, there's some underlying lack of trust. Of themselves and others um, and it's really interesting how you're saying we can't trust anyone else until we trust ourselves and a lot of times we start by uh, externalizing it and only focusing on why we can't trust other people but it's really it, we can only change what what we have control over and that's that's empowering because we can change how we trust ourselves right
1: absolutely and we are the only ones that we have control over as well
0: right Right. I
1: remember a, a friend years ago talking about letting her husband do something. And I looked at her and said, what do you mean? Do you, <laughs> you, have,
0: <laughs>
1: you have no control over him. And she looked at me like I had four heads. Um, <laughs> but it really is. It's coming back to I'm the only one that I can control and I can change my state of mind. And when I do, ultimately, it, it often changes the energy of the situations that I'm in,
0: mm-hmm. but it really
1: is, it's coming back to ourselves.
0: Do you have any uh, suggestions for our listeners who are saying, yes, I agree with this, I want to take back the control and I wanna trust myself, but how, how do, how do they get there? What do you, what do you recommend? A few things.
1: In a nutshell, it comes down to forgiveness and grace. It is forgiving the people that shut us down. It's forgiving ourselves for sometimes thrashing or acting out or saying things because of our own pain and hurt. And anytime we're triggered by something that someone says, that's an opportunity for us to look within. And why am I being triggered? What is it that's coming up that's ready for me to let go of? And it's allowing yourself the grace of that process, knowing that we didn't get here overnight. We are not going to unravel and unwind this legacy that we've created for ourselves overnight either. Mm. And we're not going to do it all overnight because if spirit, the universe, God, my right shoe, whatever, you know, brought everything to us all at once. I think we just crumble into a pile of dust. We're only gonna be brought what it is that we're ready to deal with. And so it's watching for the signs and then being really honest with yourself because we've had a part in a lot of this as well Mm -hmm. of what was my part in this and self-forgiveness I see as one of the biggest challenges and one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves.
0: That's where the freedom comes from. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Now, if you're comfortable, would you like to tell a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, and there's a
1: lot of nuances and phases to this. Uh, I was sexually abused by two different men, the first time at the age of six, and which was a one-time event. However, I had to walk by his house every single day on my way to and from school.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and as a first grader, I was terrified and always looking over my shoulder, wondering is he going to walk out from behind his gate again? And... I didn't know how to act or react. And that was when I started internalizing all of that fear. Mm-hmm. And then starting at the age of eight, I was abused by a stepfamily member for four years who I knew the abuse had happened. And I knew that he had threatened to kill me if I told anyone. But I never really put the pieces together of why he threatened me.
0: Hmm.
1: And that memory came back to me a year ago, July, which really opened up the floodgates for me. But this story of a sexual assault and abuse and then the mental turmoil and abuse that comes with it is just far too common for men and women. Yes. in this world. And it's something that we need to be able to, I want to say exercise from our energetic bodies in order to come to that place of freedom that you talked about.
0: Yes, we need to be able to have that voice, to be able to release it, to be able to forgive. How did this, uh, these experiences from your childhood impact your life?
1: I remember being in... Seventh or eighth grade, and going through health classes, and all of a sudden taking on this incredible sense of shame for Mm -hmm. what had happened to me. And this was in the early to mid 70s, and there were a lot of drugs that were around. And that was when I started experimenting. And it's interesting because When I was younger, I turned off my feelings in order to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And when I did drugs and I smoked pot and I, you name it, I tried pretty much everything. That was when I felt alive. It was like I could laugh and I could live my life and enjoy myself. And it was almost a way for me to come out of my shell because there's so much isolation with the shame and the guilt that it's almost like we crawl within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so through junior high and high school and college, there were a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol, a lot of sex. Um, And then I went to work professionally, and I worked to prove myself. And it was all to numb the pain and not pay attention to the things that I didn't want to pay attention to until I couldn't not pay attention anymore.
0: Now, what what was it that made you say, okay, I, I have to do something? What was your turning point?
1: So this is the memory that I alluded to uh, that came mm-hmm. to me a year ago, July. And I, I knew I wanted to leave the East Coast. I wasn't sure how, I wasn't sure when. And I went to... Um, a Buddhist temple to do my own silent retreat and fell in love with the Buddha of Vajrasattva who is the Buddha of purification and then there was um, a, a formal weekend retreat dedicated to Vajrasattva but a little more than a month later and during this time the memory that my stepbrother had actually raped me came to me And that was why he had threatened to kill me if I told anyone. And so all those years, I had told myself the lie that he had never penetrated me in order to protect myself. And I think I needed to do that, honestly, to protect myself. And the memory came of what had actually happened when I was finally ready to deal with it
0: yes your so, mind was protecting you up until that point point.
1: and it does there are many things that we as humans forget because we just can't deal with the pain and the trauma that's associated with a situation and so our our, our minds and our bodies are brilliant in the way that they protect us however the emotional impact of what we store in the body continues to remind us. Mm -hmm. Now I look at a number of years ago, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure and the type of medication that I'm on is also given to survivors of abuse Mm. because we have that adrenaline that continues to run through us of not knowing when the old man was going to come out from around the fence of not knowing when my my stepbrother was going to quote unquote reach out. And so when we live in this constant state of fear and turmoil, we have this constant adrenaline running through our bodies. And so whether it is chronic sore throats because you don't have a voice, or stomach aches because of all the crap that we've had to swallow. Or, or many diseases are from this internalized trauma.
0: Wow! And then you were able to when you when you were ready, when your body and your mind were ready, the memory came back, and you were able to release it.
1: Yes, and it's and it was a process. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on a pilgrimage to Bali with some friends in December of that year. So a year, just a year ago and something else came. And so it revealed itself over the course of a few months, but it allowed me to understand why I never wanted to go camping Mm -hmm. of why certain things, why I had certain thoughts and feelings and, and all of this, it, I equate it to being like a spider web. And because none of this is a linear process, but when we take the step to understand and are honest about the situation, and we remain in the light of letting go of the judgment and saying, all right, these are the things that happened, I want to understand so I can clear them, then next will reveal itself to us.
0: Right. Right when you're open and is, is, what, yeah. what drives you to share the story and, and do the work that you do, is that, is that part of it?
1: It is, our silence only deepens our pain. And when we've been conditioned to not talk, we it's almost like we're the walking numb. Mm-hmm. Um, and too many of us have been taught not to feel both the good and the bad. And I went to therapy off and on for years and it helped me to a certain point and it, it, it can be very necessary and important in someone's journey. And yet I saw how stuck I still was in my story and how stuck so many others are in their story. And so that was what really drove me into doing energy work mm-hmm. and of becoming a Reiki master. And it's now morphed beyond that. But to really see when we talk about healing body, mind, and spirit, the body are our physical pains and the mind is the therapy and changing our mindset, but the spirit is really us and spirit is healing our heart mm-hmm. through the forgiveness and through the trust and
0: the grace of the process. Oh, I love that. That's powerful. What do you see as the biggest challenge for people today? we settle for feeling
1: just good enough. I have clients who will come to just a couple of calls, and then they don't wanna dive in any further because we've been taught to not feel both the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just enough, I don't need any more. In many ways, we've equated external happiness with internal joy. And they're two very different things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because we've been taught to not trust, we don't know that we can trust the good feelings and are they going to be ripped out from underneath us? When in actuality, no one can take anything away from us unless we allow it. But a yes. lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're living in that safe zone that they've mm-hmm. created for themselves. Um, and there's so much more beyond that.
1: and it's, But it's really not safe. Mm-hmm. When we think about it, when I'm protecting myself and I'm putting walls up around my heart, all I'm doing is really blocking out the things that I really do want to call in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blocking out the bad things. And when I'm focusing on on keeping the bad things out of my life, sometimes we'll find ourselves repeating the same thing over and over and over, and we don't understand why. It's because I'm focusing on what I don't want. That that's exactly what I call in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're 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 whole beings, and and you can't just pick and choose what you what you <laughs> let in and, and don't,
1: right?
0: Exactly.
1: And this <laughs> is where. We really don't have control other than to step into our story. And it's almost like as we begin to build trust and we step into our truth, it increases our strength and our integrity within ourselves. And when we're standing in integrity of our story, no matter how messy it is, because we all have messy stories it's like we become impervious to the crap that used to be like darts running through us.
0: And, and do you share some of these, um, these ideas, these concepts in your message in a bottle book?
1: I do. And I go deeper into my story. There's a lot of introspective questions throughout the book Mm -hmm. A lot of what I use to heal and there's some great resources that are in there for people to look, you know, beyond my story and to really step into their own. It's fascinating to me as well as uh, one of my cousins read the book and there's a chapter on the family legacy. And. Enabled her to open her eyes out to her extended family, because I think if many of us drew our family tree, Mm -hmm. we would see how much uh, now the book is focused more on living around alcoholics and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. But we would see that it's not just us. There's all kinds of I'm going to call it beauty that runs through our family tree.
0: Uh, Well, I I know that you were kind enough to let me um, offer a free ebook of the Mm -hmm. Message in a Bottle book. Can you share both your website and what people could do to get that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. So my website is my name, StephanieBMcAuliffe.com. And On my website, there is a connect button and everyone who sends me a note will receive a free um, ebook
0: of the message in the bottle. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, Listeners, I will also add a link to stephanie's website um and when you send her the connection the email just put from fear to fire in the subject line so she knows where you're coming from okay now stephanie i can't believe this is you know the, the time just flies by and your message has been so powerful i i would love for you to share with our, our listeners any, do you have any final message any words of wisdom anything that you want to leave them with Absolutely, yes. Thank you for
1: this. Don't allow the past to keep you from realizing your future. Mm-hmm. I did for far too many years. And it is what it is. But Every day is a new day. And every day we take a step for ourselves. There's miracles in that
0: for you. I love that. I love that. And if you incorporated that in in your cycling and your enthusiasm for nature and art and music, are you seeing that in your future and releasing your past?
1: Oh, I am. Um, I actually just completed eight months of travel and am living in the mountains out west. And the beauty and the majesty out here is just incredible. And sometimes it takes a change of location and sometimes it's just a change in the state of our mind
0: ah oh, i love that that's fantastic stephanie thank you so so much for your time today for your story for your openness and your message to help people release and forgive and trust again thank you
1: heather thank you so much it's been an honor
0: All right. goodbye everyone we'll see you next time